Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. Call this my Stevie Nicks dress. It's got like. Yes. Chawan here, and I am so excited to have my friend Rachel of Alien Heart with me. So I started this little astrology blog just to blow off steam, and it turned into something like fairly quickly. I was able to quit my job five months later after I started my blog, and I've been full-time astrologer writer ever since and it's been an incredible experience. Uh, astrology is fundamentally is the study of the quality of experience rather than just the measurement of experience. One of the things that I've really embraced since taking your class and learning more about astrology I've got mm -hmm. the Gemini rising and I've got the Virgo moon and to me that seems very mercurial all of that oh yeah yeah so even though I have like a Pisces Sun it so I know now like my compass is pointed towards that Pisces but how do I get there right how do I get towards that ocean I get to it using these mercurial elements and one of the things that I find so fascinating is that Virgo is ruled by Mercury correct absolutely and you would think that Mercury is just like you know all over the place and blah, you know, but actually what I'm finding is that Mercury is just really good at processing information. So in a world where it's more like crazy and more like all over the place, that's when I actually find my Zen and my calm, like throw all this shit at me, throw like sleep deprivation and projects and work and this and this, and somehow I managed to get through it. Other people are just like, ah, oh, you know, I would die if I had to do that. And I'm just like, well, yes, but I've set up my life so I can take advantage of my Mercury. Yes, you get it. That's the Mercury principle. Exactly. Um, and there's never really, I mean, this is, if you, if you gave an attribution of a planet to this era that we're in, this is, this is Mercury's era, you know, the information age. So it is, I think, essential to develop a good relationship with Mercury, no matter what your placement is in your chart. You can actually shape your life to be so dynamic and flexible and communicative and it's um exciting. It's really exciting. You know, that's uh that's why I am writing the Mercury class. The Mercury well it's it's called cash flow. We need to differentiate different levels of what money and wealth and prosperity, you know, we throw the word around uh, all the time, abundance, manifest abundance. Everybody's trying to do that, or at least most people are. And that's great, but it's very vague. And so when it comes time to like practicing magic, using astrology to understand how we might go about doing that with a little bit of strategy, um, it tends to be that, you know, people go for working with Jupiter because Jupiter is the planet of uh, wealth and 
expansion and good luck. And so it stands to reason that you would choose Jupiter to work with to manifest abundance, right? And that is a good choice. It works. Um, and then there's also Venus. Venus, who is attractive to the experience of luxury uh, and sensual experience and pleasure. So Venus is also associated with riches and wealth because the fact is that riches and wealth make the experience of luxury more available. And so there's like sort of a path of least resistance um, that Venus has. Working with Venus tends to bring wealth because we're looking for luxury when we're working with Venus. But you can also, you can have very luxurious, pleasurable experiences that are completely unattached to money, completely unattached to resources. It can be a, a divine communion with nature. You know, it can be um, a divine communion with another person, as in like making love, intimacy, things like that. That's all very luxurious as well. So Venus is indirectly good for wealth but it's not precise and it's not um, cause and effect. It's not simple cause and effect. It's more of this like roundabout way of attracting more pleasure into your life. But uh, Mercury, I feel like, is just the epitome of what money is. You know, money itself is a mercurial device. Um, so, you know, like I said, Jupiter is associated with wealth. We have to understand what wealth is. It's, wealth is a larger philosophical concept of how you devote your life to and use abundant resources in a meritorious manner. So it's a feeling, it's a mindset, and wealth is something that builds and creates and extends its influence into the world. Um, it's Wealth is what supports charities and the arts and religious institutions and educational institutions. So naturally, we all want to be wealthy. And it's great because, you know, having a lot of money is a part of being wealthy, for sure. Um, but, you know, just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean that you're going to adopt the philosophical or the lifestyle that leads to wealth. You can have a lot of money and then not know what to do with it and just kind of burn through it or throw it away or waste it or lose it. And that's not wealth. Wealth is something that actually like has structure and it lasts and there's, there's a method to using it to help build things and expand things and grow things. So, you know, um, it's essential to work with Jupiter to learn about wealth, to expand that, um, to become educated in what to do with resources, to, to develop the imagination that you need to grow with expended resources. So um, that's really important. But Mercury is a little different. It's much more practical. So, like, we need money just to make things move in this world, just to move forward. And Mercury is the ruler of money, currency, which describes the um, currencies like, you know, the motion of the ocean. Um, and Mercury is traditionally considered the traveler between worlds. The archetype is the psychopomp. And what that means is that Mercury traverses the overworld, the underworld, and everything in between, delivering messages. Um, and so that experience of quick movement and communication and trade has always been associated with 
Mercury. Um, the word merchant and mercantile contain that seed word, mercury. So whenever you need to just simply manifest money, like forget about like the larger concept of wealth, which is great, but that's a lifelong journey of education and, and internal work. Um, and, and you don't even necessarily need the experience of luxury or pleasure. You just need currency. You want to work with mercury. Um, and the most you know, efficient and the fastest way to manifest the tool that we need, money. It's really good to work with mercury as well because not only is mercury good for money magic, but mercury is good for magic in general. So for anyone that's familiar with the tarot, I don't know if you work with tarot, Chong, do you work with tarot? I have. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know the magician card, mm -hmm. um, the major arcana magician card. That's the card that's associated with mercury. I've read many times from various economists and such that like if all the interest in the debt that has accrued in the world um, were added up, there's actually not enough money in existence to pay it off, which doesn't make any sense because the money that does exist is always in motion and it's always changing hands. And it's always shifting tides. The fact of its um, inadequate volume is and its lack of inherent value is never really fully revealed. It continues to be an illusion, like sleight of hand. It looks like it has value, um, but it doesn't. And that's why Mercury is your man when you want to manifest money, because it teaches you about how to work with the illusion, um, what it's like to be like the pawn that's being tricked, as well as the illusionist that's tricking other people. And when you work with Mercury for money, um, he helps you with all of your magic. Money, especially nowadays when, thanks to the internet, there is a type of um, benefit and also reward that comes to those who are very good at what I consider to be mercurial things. Social media, intellectual <laughs> property, things that yeah. are abstract that you can't really touch. Yeah. You know? You're conveying, yeah. yeah. So it seems as though anybody can benefit from taking a class like yours about Mercury. Absolutely, 100%. This is the era that we live in. Anyone who knows about my class or your channel has access to this kingdom of Mercury. I have to say that when you were talking about Jupiter versus Mercury or Venus versus mm -hmm. Mercury, yeah. I have personal experience in that because I have done Jupiter magic, like a shit ton of it. And I've done mm -hmm. a good amount of Venus magic as well. Right. And I've noticed with the Jupiter magic, which worked like gangbusters, the problem was it expanded everything, not just money, yeah. but expanded the amount of time that I worked. It mm -hmm. expanded um, just the amount of time I had to spend on everything else. It expanded in some ways, like the amount of money that I spent. Yeah. You know, like everything just got bigger. My life, it just went next level, which is awesome and which is cool. Yeah. But when it comes to just like everyday sort of cash flow, mm -hmm. just everything got bigger. So in a way, the cash flow didn't change because the spending um, commensurated with the actual earning. So I yeah. made like two months ago, and even now, I've made 100% what I used to make a couple months ago. So yeah. my income expanded, like it doubled. But so did my spending. So it's sort of like, you know what I mean? 
And there's that, there's that Jupiter thing. And then for the Venus thing, it worked really great because it did attract guests like you coming onto my show. You know, it kind of helped with the sort of like, I think my hair looks better now because of Venus, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> your hair looks amazing. So things have been attracted to me. And because of the guests and because, I don't know, like people, when I interact with them, they feel more comfortable with me. Um, maybe that's also helping me earn more money because people are literally giving me opportunities that I'm not asking for. But again, that doesn't always naturally translate to cash. Exactly. Exactly. Mercury is a really practical, basic building blocks. You know, we need things to move. We need to move forward. We need motion in our lives to keep things going. So, any kind of project, whether it's a business or your plans for education or your creative work, um, the fact that everything funnels through the internet now, this was always true to a certain degree. Ever since there has been international trade, this has been true, but it is even more true than ever. It is insanely important to allow things to move, to get things out there. Work with Mercury to bring in new avenues of just cash flow like you said and it's, it's just very practical um it's much lighter on its feet and working with jupiter is so important and i can't wait for jupiter to move into sagittarius to really bring uh, a prosperous and expansive uh tone to everybody's life you know helping everyone bring themselves up a little bit at least, at the very least, in wisdom about what to do with what they already have. You know, that's the beautiful thing about Jupiter, too, is the reason why you expand like that and then kind of freak out is because you're experiencing um, a sort of, actually, Jason Miller, who you've had on the show twice, Jason Miller calls it uh, your set point. Yes. You know, your set point. You reach a certain limit of what is normal or conceivable to yourself, you know, based upon your past experience, based upon how you were raised. Everyone has a set point. What happens, psychologically speaking, is that once you reach your set point, you will not be able to grow much bigger. You'll start sabotaging it. You'll start actually like, yeah, just wasting it or dropping the ball or messing things up because you don't actually have the imagination the psychological stability to handle the next level yet. So working with Jupiter is a great way to push your set point, you know, to actually begin to rise. But there's obviously like, there's some awkward growing pains with that. You know, we have to, we have to rise and then rest, <laughs> grow and then rest. You cannot just like expand forever out and out and out without stopping. Now, what's great about Mercury is that he gives you pathways to use for all of this expanded awareness, expanded wealth, expanded resources, whatever it is, whatever your wealth is in, money, knowledge, time. Mercury gives you new avenues to actually use these resources. So um, a lot of the time when our mind is stuck, our imagination becomes narrow, we simply don't see the doorways or the pathways that we could use to work with what we have. And that's something that's really great about Mercury too. Not only does it help you, does he help you manifest more cash flow? I mean, that's really simple. 
But um, with that flow of cash comes the idea of what to do with it, <laughs> like the idea of what you need to invest this in, what um, you should spend your time doing. New ideas open up. That's why Mercury is associated with learning, you know, learning. It is um, observed in the brain that is still learning uh, that there is neuroplasticity, meaning that there are new connections being made. So the neurons are actually creating new pathways. And when the brain stops making new pathways, that is rigidity, old age, and death you now, and senility, dementia, those things. That's the lack of neuroplasticity. So long as you are awake, alive, and learning, you are creating new pathways. And so working with Mercury is, you know, at some level, like fundamentally working with the structure of your own brain, you know, <laughs> like creating new pathways so that you do not stop um, having new ideas and seeing new opportunities. And that is probably the most important thing for this era that we're in because it is overwhelming how many opportunities for making money there actually are. Mercury, of course, is amazing to work with any time of the year, any time. Yeah. But why did you decide to put on this class now, this cash flow class now? Because Mercury is going to be transiting through Gemini. And what does that mean? That it's trans so Gemini. Gemini is it's an air sign. The element of air in uh, all magical traditions and certainly astrology is associated with information. Information and intellect. So it's mental energy, air. And so for Mercury to be in his sign of rulership, meaning he is very powerful in the sign of Gemini, and the fact that this is his sign of rulership that is an air sign associated with information, um, I thought there would be no better time than to introduce the concept of 21st century money being an air element, um, being an air element uh, quality instead of an earth element. In relationship to money, many people including myself until I learned better, associate money and riches with earth element things like metal, gold, silver. And even if you're looking back to ancient Egypt, you know, wheat, something that grows from the earth. And this of course makes perfect sense because the wealth of the earth is true wealth. I mean, there's nothing more important than having food and Working with metal, we have created amazing things in this earth, and it is valuable. But the world that we live in today has become so abstract and over-industrialized. It's a technology-based world that we live in that no longer relies on the earth for um, creating the value of our currency. You know, our currency has no inherent value anymore. It's not backed by gold. It's certainly not backed by crops nothing like that. It is now an air element uh, design, meaning that it's just information. It's just um, digital, ethereal, abstract data. You know, that's what money is now. And this includes, you know, USD or the, you know, the, um, the official currencies. They are also transferred through the air. You don't actually have to touch anything physical. And even if you do have dollar bills, 
They're not backed by anything that has inherent value from the earth. So we have this idea of what riches are that in an antiquated sense, it was very much an earth element uh, thing. So working with the earth, working with earth elements used to make a lot of sense for attracting money into your life. And I know like when I first started practicing magic when I was a teenager, most money spells, they recommended that you work with metals, you know, like get some copper coins, um, get gold colored things, um, green, all of these things are associated with earth qualities. But money now is not earthen. It is completely information based. And therefore it's, it's risen up into the air. And so working with the element of air, like Mercury's transit through Gemini, is a really potent way to get aligned with what money is now. And this is true, like I said, of, of regular currencies, um, but it's even more demonstrated by cryptocurrencies, which are becoming a really hot topic. I mean, people that didn't know anything about cryptocurrency last year know about it now. So like Bitcoin and Ethereum, these are air element creations. I mean, the name Ethereum even, you know, it even illustrates that, Ether. All of this is information and data that is transferred to the Ether and nothing more. Um, and so this is so clearly Mercury at work. And if I had to choose, is this Mercury in his rulership of Gemini or is this Mercury in his rulership of Virgo? I definitely think this is Mercury in his rulership of Gemini at work. So his passage every year through Gemini is a really key time to align yourself to 21st century money manifestation, um, to learn about it. This is a really good time to learn about what money is today, what it means for it to have no inherent value um, that's physical, what it means for cryptocurrency to be making a move onto the stage. Um, and it's also a really good time to actually try to open roads and pathways to attract more of this into your life, knowing full well that it's thin air, but you have to work with thin air. How do you work with thin air? You work with Mercury in Gemini. So that's the theory behind this class. So I, I'm totally on board with it and I'm super pumped for anything where it's Mercury related because you know, like my, my chart is so geared towards that. I'm thinking though, like this class would be really beneficial for those who have a lot of maybe earth, water, elements in their chart and so maybe it doesn't come as intuitively to do the air thing so right now well soon when mercury is going to go into gemini then everybody gets kind of like a boost in their mental and intellectual information processing capabilities correct exactly exactly so yeah that's what i love about transits are the astrological weather that we all share so even if you are not naturally gifted with mercurial qualities. Even if the information age is not your era, during a Mercury transit through Gemini, you can, with a little bit of will, open up to learn more about what that quality of planetary energy and that planetary energy in a strong place like Mercury and Gemini, what that's all about. 
And you can certainly pick up on things um, more clearly and more powerfully than, let's say, at another time. So, for example, if somebody really lacks uh, mercurial talents, or so they think at least, so they believe about themselves, you want to wait till Mercury is in a strong position like Gemini to create a dedicated time to learn about how you can adopt more of these qualities. So Mercury has some placements in the zodiac where he's not so strong, um, where he's not going to offer his gifts, his talents, his teachings, his wisdom uh, so easily. Um, but Mercury in Gemini is where Mercury really demonstrates his powers in a very clear and very helpful way. And particularly um, in the uh, acquisition of new information, new knowledge, and opening up new channels for uh, knowledge to pass through to you. Um, and one of the most important pieces of, of information that we need to be well-versed in, in this era, is money. We really have no choice. I have a lot of criticisms against, like, that movie The Secret. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that I think that it helped to do was have New Age people accept that it's okay to like money and to want money um, and to like material things. So it kind of, like, you know, kind of softened that sort of, like, I'm spiritual, I'm artistic, I'm not selling out. It's sort of like, well, you can, you know, kind of, you don't have to sell out. Money is part of the equation. It's not a big deal. So I'm kind yeah. of all about that. So I think we all believe that and we all want it. But there's like this sort of gap between knowing it and wanting it and then being like, well, I don't have the cash flow. The purpose of my class in many ways is to, well, first of all, help people to actually access the power of Mercury and Gemini. Um, so that they can tap into something that at a higher level, which opens roads, it opens opportunities, just opens pathways. There's that. But one of the kind of like the philosophical intentions behind it is to sort of um, depolarize the issue of money. So it the the secret seems to me like it was it was a problematic attempt to do something kind of like that to sort of depolarize issue but it failed utterly and here's why I think it did well there is I mean there is the fact that it was just it's it was a, a tiny fragment of a hermetic principle mm -hmm. that was taken out of context and so was kind of utterly useless at the end of the day <clears throat> because it, it was like one fragment of a great big theory taken out of context and that is a huge issue but the reason why I have a major problem with the secret, and I'm not just teaching it, <laughs> I'm not teaching just positive thinking, um, is because to me, um, it goes back to this same problem as Calvinism. I don't know if you're familiar with Calvinism. Yeah. Okay. So I'll explain it quickly, just in case anybody else is not uh, familiar. Um where I live in the United States, um, the, the Protestant expression of um, understanding wealth and, and prosperity uh, turned into this idea that you can actually tell 
who God loves and who God does not love by how wealthy they are, how successful they are. And so, and they actually, they have a, a doctrine called predestination, which actually says that before you are born and when you are born, it's already been determined, predestined, um, whether or not you are going to go to heaven or hell. And so the sign that you're going to heaven, that you're loved by God, is that you are wealthy and successful and you keep rising. Those that are poor and who don't do well clearly are unloved by God. They're clearly predestined for hell. It's a, it's a horrible way to look at things. You know, it's absolutely horrible, but it justifies so much. It justifies so much greed and so much um, in, inhumanity. Now, the, the law of attraction cults have a tendency, um, mostly by accident, but they have a tendency to fall into the same thing. Like your ability to stay in the vortex, high vibe, <laughs> um, it is, you know, is a sign of your great uh, deserving, you know, your deservingness. I call uh, it uh, Joel Austin, like law of attraction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Joel Austin's a perfect example, a modern-day Calvinist, exactly. Um, and it, it seeps into the New Age. It absolutely does, where, let's say, you know, you, ad you accept the fact that you can create your own life, that you're con you, know, you can create your own conditions, um, and that, you know, if you have a good attitude about what you're doing in life, you can attain a lot of success. I mean, this is true up to a certain point, but terrible things happen. And there's no explanation through the law of attraction as to why some terrible things happen. You cannot look at starving children in Africa and say, well, you're just not thinking positive thoughts enough. It's your fault because you're not high vibe enough. Yeah. You're letting yourself get negative. You know, um, it can get, it can turn a person into a heartless, soulless being. And it starts with themselves. So you are, let's say, doing law of attraction and you start to have some good things happen because it is good to have a positive feeling about your life. It's very good to adopt a positive attitude. But something bad happens, something unexpected. You get into like a car crash or something. And now that is your fault. And maybe it was your fault, but to actually feel the guilt and shame that you were not high vibe enough, that your thoughts weren't positive enough, that you're not deserving of success, that you're not deserving of whatever. Um, it, it's a very toxic mindset, you know? And so I think a lot of people who really do, they want to attract and manifest high vibe things. They want success. They want money. They want joy. And then they fail to do that because they're human and they're living a real life. Um, they then descend into the same fear that a Calvinist does, that instead of God doesn't love me, it's that source doesn't love me. <laughs> source doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. I'm not positive enough. I'm failing to be in the vortex, all of that language. And so that's the huge philosophical and ethical problem with using simply positive thinking law of attraction mindset to solve all your problems. Um, this class is very depolarized. You know, money is a tool um, and everyone's deserving of it, but nobody's guaranteed it. You know, um, it's much more action oriented. Certainly working with mercury is working with your 
natural gifts and talents, both your positive thoughts and your negative thoughts. Because like I said, Mercury is the traveler between worlds. Mercury traverses the underworld and the overworld. You do not only find money in heaven. You find money in hell too. You find money opportunities in the darkness as well as in the light. So this class is definitely going to suggest that people believe in themselves, that they have a positive attitude, um, that they use an optimistic attitude in order to solve their problems. But it's okay to have problems. And that has absolutely no bearing on like you, the quality of your spiritual development, the quality of you as a human being, the quality of you as an artist, a writer, a mother, a friend, like bad things happen. And it is not your fault to say that it's your fault just takes you into a tailspin. And it's not the same thing as personal responsibility. Having responsibility is a positive thing. It's good. Um, and we all have to have it, but to take responsibility for every terrible thing, every random act of chaos that you encounter in your life, um, I think is a little too close to predestination for my comfort. Yeah, I like how you bring up the idea of, you know, ixnay on the predestination. Um, <sighs> because a lot of people, they think that astrology, especially transits, are very fatalistic about, you know, the entire, like, Mercury is going to move here, and therefore this is absolutely going to happen. One of the things that I learned in your class, Discovery, was that there's a way to express something in the highest soulful way and in a much more contracted, much more like ego-centered way. And it's yeah. a choice that you make. It's the same thing. You can just express it in different ways. You can shape it in different ways. Yeah. And it seems as though that your class is going to be talking about the continuum of you can shape it like this, you can shape it like that. It doesn't just have to be one way. Working with Mercury is keeping options open, keeping your mind open to possibility, um, and certainly not letting like little setbacks prevent you from continuing to move forward. And that is what every great entrepreneur always says um, about how they succeeded. You know, it's like five failures for every success. That's the other thing about working with Mercury and Gemini. It's diversifying your mindset about what is possible, what you can do, what you can do with your talents. You know, like, for example, I'm a writer. I've always been a writer, but I did not used to want to be a blogger. I didn't know what to do with writing. I assumed that what I was going to do with writing was um, become a teacher and just use my natural ability to write research essays, things like that, as some kind of professor. I thought I was going to do academic work. And that was not a terrible idea, but it didn't work out. It was very limited. I couldn't think of another way to use the gift that I had. I just couldn't think of it um, because I was closed-minded and I got very rigid and I was judging things too quickly. I was judging success and failure too quickly. And many things have opened up since I opened up my mind. And I actually did begin to work with Mercury before I started my business. And that was essential. I could not have actually um, expanded awareness. I basically just couldn't see that I had two or three dots that I could connect. It was very simple. It was not reinventing the wheel. 
I didn't need to learn anything new. I didn't, I mean, anything major, of course you're always learning, but I didn't need to go and like get another certification, get another degree. I didn't need to do anything. I didn't need to buy anything. I had all the tools I needed. I just couldn't see that these dots could be connected. And I think most people suffer from that. And I'm sure I'm suffering from another version of it right now because I haven't gone to the next level yet. But that's the problem that people have when they don't know what they can do or and they don't think they have any talents and they don't think they have options. So this class is mostly devoted to helping people to open up to what they already have, connect the dots, like connect the dots and have a, a balanced attitude about it, balanced attitude about what they're doing. Like I do not always have positive thoughts about what I'm doing. I've had lots of very negative thoughts about what I'm doing. And that's been so good for me. I've had um, so many negative experiences in my business too. In the big picture, the big picture, when I look at the whole story, I feel so good about it all. It's like joy. It's pure joy. But the little details are filled with ups and downs, lots of shadow and light. I've had drama, betrayals, uh, fear, anxiety, all of it. And it's all been really good for me because it pushes me. It pushes me harder. Like every level of growth that we all experience often comes from uh, our enemies pushing us, (laughs) um, being challenged by something that makes us angry. (laughs) Fear and anger and rage are wonderful tools. And so, yeah, definitely Mercury is a neutral energy. There's no side or it's not, it doesn't side with the light, um, nor does it side with the dark. There's nothing sinister about it. There's nothing angelic about Mercury either. It's both. It's both sides. It's the left hand and the right hand, the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. So that's what this class is all about. You learn more about what the archetypes are and what Mercury at its most exalted and highest and like best expressed sort of ways, how it looks and acts. I mean, people could say, oh, it's just positive suggestion. You're told that Mercury and Gemini acts like this and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, well, then I should act like this as well. Yeah. I mean, but it's kind of like, who cares? As long as you're taking that sort of positive way of thinking and you're Mm -hmm. just taking that energy that's within you and you're Mm -hmm. kind of like kind of meeting it at its level and right now just the way that the planets are it's easier to do it now than it would be at any other time exactly exactly and i actually really like what you said like one theory about how all this works is the placebo effect right like well you just believe that it's going to happen and so suddenly it begins to happen the placebo effect is what magic is Exactly. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it's, it's amazing, actually, the power of belief. And it, it's also, it's very much demonstrated in, um, okay, so one way to look at Mercury uh, is through the subconscious relationship with the conscious mind, the subconscious mind's relationship with the conscious mind. You could equate the subconscious with the underworld, the conscious mind with the overworld. And most astrologers do. This is a very common association. So Mercury being the traveler between those two worlds, the messenger between those two worlds, let's say you implant an idea, a belief, a new belief, 
like I can increase my cash flow. You implant that into the subconscious mind, however you want to do that. And my class, of course, is going to use magic to do that. Um, Mercury, the Mercury principle, takes this seed of belief that's been planted in the subconscious, and it takes that message, and it travels up to the conscious mind where we experience our daily life, where our perceptions of the world and our life and our, um, our habits and routines live. And now that that belief has been brought to the conscious world, to the overworld, it seems to become a part of reality. And that's what magic is. And that's how it works. Um, hypnotists use the same exact principle uh, as magicians. So, you know, we could call hypnotists magicians for sure. They are. Um, psychologists hope to do this with people over time through talk therapy um, and cognitive behavioral therapy. They hope to get the subconscious to accept something so that eventually that message will travel to the conscious mind and, and become an interwoven part of reality for the subject. Um, so working with Mercury is, like I said, is to work with the principle of magic itself, which is great. And um, Mercury helps people with magic in general. So the using it for money magic is a supremely useful and really practical it's definitely it's important to most people including myself um, but it does not limit you to just using this quality for money you can use it for anything that you can imagine uh, it tends to be that the more money you have the more freedom you have to use your imagination for other things and so that's kind of the idea it doesn't matter to me or to most people that practice magic what someone's explanation of it is um, a critical explanation, like the placebo effect, is fine with me. <laughs> it works for me. It works, you know. That's the thing. Like, I remember when I was in, when I was in uh, my first uh, research methods class because I, I studied anthropology, so as I had to take social science ethnographic research methods classes, and we did all kinds of study into. Um, medical journals and case studies and scientific experiments that had recorded amazing results from the placebo effect. And I was like stunned. I'm like, this is amazing. It works. Placebo is the best medicine. Just watching a video um, right before this interview. Um, yeah. And it was about some, um, and it was about physical health. It was about some medical research that has been done about um, pain relief. Like, like mm -hmm. when somebody has like a broken back and, you know, and it yeah. turns out that the placebo effect is effective 30% uh, of the time. That's like more than a quarter of the time. It's amazing. And, and that is a, a number that can go up if you actually take the responsibility to be a magician for yourself. You know, that's just like random people who don't care what you can do when you, when you do care and when you start to work with your own consciousness and symbolic awareness, etc., etc. It's pretty profound, and certainly you could also say, well, you don't have to wait till Mercury's in Gemini. You could do this anytime, and that is certainly true. You can, and you could probably have some interesting results. But the universal mind, the um, collective, is 
on a certain, we're on a certain rhythm together. And that rhythm is identified and described and illustrated by astrology. And so there's almost like this, there's, well, I mean, they used to call it the music of the spheres. It's, it's a beautiful phrase that I love so much because it describes exactly what we're dealing with here. There's music that has rhythm. It's so much nicer to move in rhythm with things. It's just, it's graceful. It feels good. We all know that wonderful feeling when you're moving with music, it carries you. It's better to be in rhythm <laughs> than to be fighting against it. So you could, you know, people can do whatever they want. They can like paddle upstream. They can try to like, they can try to break through rocks and tunnel a new way in. And that's, that's some people, you know, they can do that. I prefer to move in rhythm with things. It feels good. It carries you. It's euphoric. It has like a quality that is only known in dancing that I really, really like. And so that's why, that's why you choose the right time, the right season um, for doing these kinds of things, you know, but that's the only reason if that's not important to somebody, then by all means, like forget timing, you know, astrological magic's a combination of two things, the beautiful rhythm of nature and magic, the placebo effect, if you will, <laughs> combining the rhythm of nature with the power of your own belief to change your experience of life. Um, and the two things together, I mean, that's what new majors call co-creation. You know, it's co-creation. <laughs> like, it's not just you creating your own reality. Co-creation. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, and one of my favorite writers, Robert Anton Wilson, um, he wrote a lot about the idea of just, you know, taking responsibility for everything that happens to you. And he used this, you know, example of, let's say you're walking across the street and you get hit by a car. Do you really honestly have to say, like, I wanted this? No. <laughs> no, you didn't want that. That's definitely not true. No one wants that. What may be true is that it is up to you to perceive that experience in a way that helps you grow. It is up to you to figure out a way to process that in some manner that is helpful to you and others. So it is sometimes true that we attract what we want. And it is also true that we attract the unexpected element of chaos that we do not have to take responsibility for. <laughs> you don't want to get hit by a car, but it is up to you as a divine creator to make something out of that, to make some meaning out of it. And that's the great challenge. And so um, that's where I think um, the law of attraction really fails to bring it back to that. You know, we are co-creating this and sometimes nature brings a storm or an eruption or an earthquake or a lightning bolt and an indiv a single individual human did not attract that on their own. They didn't want that. Um, but what we do have the power to do is make meaning of it. And that is another thing that you can call on Mercury for. Because Mercury is what we use to assemble patterns, to make meaning, to intelligently understand. Working with Mercury really, really, really helps you to connect the dots, make meaning, process things, make events in your life work for you, to take responsibility for your 
your ability to make meaning out of any experience or any situation that can be helpful, healing, um, and creative, that's like the Mercury principle. So it's not about always being positive, but it's, it is about accepting your responsibility to make meaning out of what you've been given in life. This class, it sounds like, I'm so excited because it sounds like it's going to be a guide to the season. So it's going to be kind of like, um, best practices, tips with a focus on how to use this natural energy for the advantage of cash flow of money, but it's not just about money. It's just about basically taking what's going to happen anyways, and just like really like living it up, really like taking advantage of it. And not only having the guidelines of these are things that are going to be easier now, like work it, work it girl, like to do that, but also to be able to use magic. And I'm sure, cause I love the magic that you do. It's very practical. It's easy. It's elegant. And to also use magic to really put into your subconscious mind, like, yes, Gemini is like, or Mercury is like really Gemini. I'm going to really use magic to seal it in, to really like get myself into that groove. Let's take something that's going to be awesome and it's going to happen anyways, and just like totally take advantage of it. There's a lot of holidays in astrology, and I would consider this a holiday, three-week holiday, Mercury and Gemini. Of course, make the most of it. You know, it, it's, uh, it's a window of opportunity and we can all benefit from it. And what's, what's really wonderful about magic for me in general is that you think that what you can envision and what you can imagine is the best thing that could happen. And that's almost never true. Like what magic teaches you is how, how small your imagination can be. Um, it's sometimes so much better, so much more dynamic, so much more complex, what actually happens, you know, um, you never get exactly what you said you wanted. It's never like that. It's always, um, more creative than what you even intended, which is really, really cool. And that's, that's why I love magic. And I particularly look forward to teaching Mercury magic because it, it teaches you that what you were thinking of and what you were imagining was just just a little seed. It wasn't it wasn't there yet. <laughs> but good job because you know you guided it. You guided the experience and opened yourself up to something even better. But um, and you can take credit for that, which is amazing, and you feel really good because you actually led yourself there. But by no means do you um, order from a catalog and then receive exactly what you ordered and then you assess it, you know, <laughs> it's not quite like that. It's always something um, a little different and more than you expected often. That's, you know, that's what I love about it. Uh, and it sounds like you experienced that, especially when you work with Jupiter, <laughs> a lot more than you anticipated. <laughs> a lot more than I anticipated, but I'm looking forward to learning how Mercury can help me direct this fire hose yeah, of yeah. abundance. I mean, it sounds so cheesy to say abundance, but I mean, that's kind of what Jupiter did. I'm not going to hate. It's sort of like, that's a great problem to have, but yeah. now I can use Mercury. And because Mercury is going to be in its sign of rulership, I'm going to be able to use that energy, which naturally is pretty good at saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's turn this information here, here, here. And like, let's try to shape it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to try to use it to, to shape it so that it is the type of, you know, extravaganza that I can deal with. All the planets work together. I mean, that's the thing. It's, they are, they are a part of a holistic system, you know, and, and each planet has a part to play in aiding and abetting the other planets. So we have a tendency to always try to, to try to pull things out of context and select our favorites and create hierarchies, you know. Um, the hierarchy of the planets is a very common kind of overlay that people put on them. Like, oh, I like Jupiter, but I hate Saturn. Um, but that's, you know, that's not how it works. They all have their benefits. They all have their use and they work together. So it makes so much sense to work with Mercury, lay out plans, open doors, pave roads, and then work with Jupiter. I mean, imagine like how would, how would Sumeria have actually cultivated agriculture if they had not built the aqueducts? So Mercury is what gives you the vision of aqueducts. We could have all this water flow here and then we'll have abundance. <laughs> so that's how you can kind of look at it. Like that's the best metaphor. Build your aqueducts, build your granaries as well, places to store, and then invite Jupiter to come and make everything grow. When is class going to happen? Oh, it's on uh, Wednesday, May 30th. Um, it's at 7 p.m. live Pacific Standard Time, Wednesday, May 30th. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the people that cannot be there live, there will be a recording. So no worries about actually being there at the moment. And Mercury goes into Gemini from when to when? Okay, so Mercury goes um, – well, Mercury has three-week transits approximately. So we're looking – at Mercury moving into Gemini. I actually, let me get exact times for everybody because, and this is in um, Greenwich Mean Time. So Tuesday the 29th, around 8 o'clock p.m., Mercury moves in Gemini. And so the class is actually on the first day, the first full day later. And then Mercury stays in Gemini until approximately, let me see, what is the exact time? It is June 12th at about noon, about 12.15. So it's, it's long enough to do a lot of work. It's not so long that we have to live with it forever. Mercury's quick. I noticed when I started writing horoscopes that the process of actually, you know, looking ahead and examining what was coming up um, changed my experience of time and the events that were going on. And so I almost felt like processing them a little bit ahead of time was giving me strength and also um, helping me to grow instead of just getting shocked by everything. I was actually really growing and changing in a positive way. And I've been also just blessed with so many interesting synchronicities and beautiful things coming into my life. Like I've written uh, two classes on Venus in the last six months, mm -hmm. one on Pisces, which we talked about. And then I wrote one for Venus and Taurus. And um, I've just been having like Venus 
hitting on me hardcore everywhere I go now. Like there's just Venusian splendor always following me. And I see it everywhere now as a result of having written those classes. And so it's really potent magic for me just to write the classes. So that's why I'm enjoying it so much right now. So guys, let us know in the comments, like what are you gonna do during these three weeks? Like during this three week vacation, are you right? When Mercury is going to be in a place where it loves, what are you gonna do during this time to really take advantage of that energy? Just let us know. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers. They're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan, signing off. <laughs>